Today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. God remains the same yesterday, today, and forever. There's no doubt about the validity of the gift, and yet as we look at the overall usage of the gift, it's almost always used as a way to open up the door in sharing the gospel, either for conversion or for the edification of those that are already converted. That's what we see within the Word of God. In today's message, Pastor David teaches that faith and healing are both gifts from God that are intertwined. Healing does not happen apart from faith, and faith is required to trust in the wisdom and timing of God. We may pray for healing, but healing may not come. Does that mean that our faith is not enough or that God can't heal? No. The journey of faith and healing may have a greater purpose. Be encouraged and walk in expectation that God can and will work what is best for His glory. Now here's Pastor David with part three of today's message entitled, The Gifts of the Holy Spirit, Part One. George Mueller came to me and said, Captain, I've come to tell you that I must be in Quebec Saturday morning. Why, that's impossible, I said. Mueller declared, very well. If your ship cannot take me, God will find some other way. I've never broken an engagement for 57 years. Let us go down into the chart room and pray. Well, I looked at this man of God and thought to myself, What lunatic asylum can this man have come from? I've never heard of such a thing. Mr. Mueller, I said, do you know how dense this fog is? He looked at me and replied, no. My eye is not on the fog, but on the living God who controls every circumstance of my life. He knelt down and he prayed one of the most simple prayers And when he finished, I was going to pray. But he put his hand on my shoulder and told me not to pray. He said, first of all, you do not believe he will answer. And second, I believe he has already answered. And there's no need whatsoever for you to pray about it. I looked at him and he said, Captain, I have known my Lord for 57 years. And there has never been a single day that I have failed to get an audience with the king. Get up, captain, and open the door, and you will find that the fog is gone. I got up, and the fog was indeed gone. On Saturday afternoon, George Mueller was in Quebec for his engagement. 
Now that is a gift of faith. Next thing we're going to look at is the gift of healings. This next gift of the Spirit, we see it still in verse 9. It says, to another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. And again, we see that Paul doesn't go into any kind of a detail. It doesn't go into any kind of description of the gifts of healing. However, we see this gift or these gifts demonstrated throughout the Bible. We see them in the Old Testament. We see it in the New Testament. We see it in the ministry of Jesus. We see it all throughout the early church. And, and the appropriate understanding uh, of it being in the plural form, it's the only one in here really that says gifts of healing in the plural form is that there's most likely varying levels or, or areas of healing due to various needs, physical needs, uh, emotional needs, spiritual needs, all of those covered actually by a variety of different gifts. Today, as you might well know, this gift is along with some others are, are some of the very controversial ones. And because of the controversy, a lot of people, they, they doubt the authenticity of the gift. Well, there's not really a gift of healing. Otherwise, why don't they go to the hospital and just heal everybody? I mean, I can remember in the past my own mind saying that. If there really is a gift of healing. Why doesn't so-and-so uh, go to the, you know, down here and, and just touch and walk through the aisles and empty all the hospitals? Well, that, number one, that's not how it works. We know that there is a way that God works and uses, and there is a time. But yet, even in the time of Jesus, probably even during the Old Testament, and definitely in the early church, and on through today, there have been, there are those who were and are charlatans. We know that. We understand that. They're tricksters. They're deceivers. They take advantage of desperate situations of individuals for their own personal gain. These are the ones that go that through trickery, through showmanship, through outside, you know, outright lies, they parade themselves as something that they're not really. They draw attention to themselves. And as we've seen in today's culture, they build these mega ministries. They rake in large amounts of faith offerings in order that they might expand the work of their own ministry through the purchase of lands and homes, vehicles, aircrafts, and ministry centers. That just happens. And why God just doesn't strike them dead, I don't know probably the same grace that he hasn't struck me dead yet. So there's no doubt that there's a lot of misuses, not only of this gift, but of others. However, one thing we need to bear in mind in all of these things, the misuse does not negate the validity of the gift itself. The misuse of the gift does not negate the validity if you heard someone who does not play the violin, pick it up and just start raking across those strings with that bow, you would think, violin music is absolutely horrendous. I hate violin music. Oh, I've heard it. Oh, it just, oh, it just grinds my teeth. But if you heard a master of violin, take it up and play it as sweet and as beautiful as he possibly can, suddenly it would change your opinion. Just because of misuse does not invalidate the authenticity of a gift. God has given, God has used the gifts of healing for his glory in, in many, many ways. This is the work of God through the Holy Spirit that brings about supernatural healings. 
well beyond anything that modern medicine can do. I praise God for modern medicine. I am glad that we have doctors and surgeons and, and, and medications and those kinds of things. I, I, I'm glad that he has allowed us to have that. But on the other side of that, I believe with the rise of our technology and our human abilities, we become less and less dependent upon God. And because we are less and less dependent upon God, we are less and less seeing or experiencing the fullness of what God can do. Because, again, we've moved away from these things. But the validity of this gift is clearly seen throughout the New Testament. We see it in the, the, the gospel records of Jesus himself validating the reality of the gifts of healing. We see him healing all matters of diseases, casting out demons. We see it also in the, the apostles. In fact, he sends his disciples out, even during his time on the earth. He sends them out, well, with power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. He sent them out to preach the kingdom of God and to what? Heal the sick. There's a reason for that. But then we also see it within the early church, validating that. We see it all through the book of Acts. We see in chapter 3 of Acts, Peter and John heal a man that's been blind from a birth, blind from birth. Chapter 5 uh, records of signs and wonders, but it also speaks about even Peter's shadow walking along. And this is just bizarre. I understand that. Walking along and a shadow touches people that have been laid out on the roadway and they become well. They're, they're healed even as his shadow walks by. In chapter 9, we see the healing of Saul of Tarsus, who later becomes Paul when Ananias comes and prays for him in order that he might gain his sight. In chapter 9 of Acts, we still see the raising of Tabitha or Dorcas by Peter. Back in chapter 4, we see the healing of the crippled man that was handicapped from birth by Paul and Barnabas. In chapter 16, we see the healing and the exorcism of a demon-possessed slave girl. Chapter 19, we see extraordinary miracles wrought by Paul where his handkerchiefs and his aprons were brought from his own body and laid on the sick and diseases left them. Strange, strange stuff. Supernatural work of God. That doesn't mean that suddenly we begin to replicate that and because I'm a sweaty preacher and I'm going to wipe my hair, I'm going to give that to you and you mail that off to your second cousin who's you know, suffering of this disease or that disease, but make sure and put a nice offering in the box for that. I think that, again, we carry some of these things way too far. I think what we need to see is God does work in the supernatural. God didn't change when the last apostle died. God remains the same yesterday today, and forever. There's no doubt about the validity of the gift, and yet as we look at the overall usage of the gift, it's almost always used as a way to open up the door in sharing the gospel, either for conversion or for the edification of those that are already converted. That is what we see within the Word of God. Healing is not an end to itself. The fact is, these bodies that we walk around in, I don't want this thing continually healed. I've got time on this earth, and the Lord knows the number of my days, and one of these days I'm going with him. We are designed in a way, in a form and a fashion, that we just flat wear out. Some of you is wearing out quicker than others of us, but uh, we just wear out. We're not meant to physically live forever. One of the effects of the fall, but that's just the way it is. And so it begs the question, 
does God heal all the time? If he's the same God, the same power, does he heal all the time? I think we need to realize that even for those other gifts, there's times when that gift just is not operational. We always have to remember it is the work of the Holy Spirit. He distributes to each one individually as he wills. If I see someone, I want to pray for healing. If they're in the hospital or if they're sick or if they're diseased or something is going on, I want to pray in faith for healing for them. I want to believe God is going to heal them. He may or may not. Why? Because it's always be submitted to the perfect will and plan of God. You talk to someone like Joni Erickson Tata, who's been absolutely, totally paralyzed since she was a young teenage girl. She would tell you, yeah, I would love to be able to have all of my facilities back again. I would love to be able to to walk and run and play again. But yet at the same time, I know that God has used my paralyzed body for his glory. That's a difficult thing. Difficult thing not only for the individual. It's a difficult thing for others of us too to understand, well, why does God heal in some cases and not in others? The only thing we can do is just, man, he is God and I'm not. And and I, I just want to stay submitted to him. I want to stay submitted to his perfect plan, his perfect will. Now, that doesn't keep us from praying. It just simply reminds us that the power is not ours to manipulate in our own time and in our own design. The gifts of healing do go hand in hand, though, I believe, with the gift of faith. I believe that they, they work together. Even with, in, in, the, in the greatness of faith, healing still is not always guaranteed. Consider, if you would, the following. Paul in Philippians 2 tells Epaphroditus, who is sick, or tells us about Epaphroditus. He was sick. He was, he was almost unto death. Well, why did Paul let him get that way? Didn't Paul have enough faith to pray for the brother? Why in the world would you let me get that low, Paul? But Epaphroditus did get better. But we also find out that Trophimus, in Paul's journey, he left him in Miletus. He said, man, dude, you're too sick to travel with us. You stay there. You get better. Our missionary journey, we're we're moving on. You stay there. Well, why didn't he pray for him? Paul prayed for other people that got healed. Paul touched others. Remember his his aprons? Did he run out of sweat rags to give to the brother? It's just the way it was. Paul submitted to the fact that, you know what? Sometimes God does, sometimes he doesn't. The story of Timothy, very clear. What does he tell Timothy to? Timothy, drink a little bit of wine for your stomach's sake. And for your frequent infirmities. Who, who didn't have enough faith? Uh, Timothy or, or, or Paul? It was just the reality of it. Do you think that Paul ever prayed for Timothy to be well? Sure. Absolutely. He probably, he probably anointed him with oil. Had the elders come and pray for the brother. But you know what? He, he didn't get better. He says, hey, so take some medicine. The, the medicine we got is, is wine. Take a little wine for your stomach. And just take care of yourself. And then we also know about Paul's own infirmities. They weren't supernaturally healed by the Lord. And yet Paul says, man, I beseech the Lord. Three separate occasions. And I don't believe it was, yeah, Tuesday I prayed, Wednesday I prayed, Thursday I prayed. 
Now, I believe that there were, there were seasons in his life that that physical infirmity that Paul had, that, man, it got so seriously. Man, I, I got on my face and I was begging. I was pleading with the Lord, please heal me of this. And yet the Lord came back, and what was the Lord's words to, to Paul? He says, my grace is sufficient for you. And in your weakness, I'm going to be made strong. He's going to be shown strong. You see, so it's not always there. Even though there is a gift of faith for healing, a gift of healing, it doesn't always bring about the result that you and I want. Again, that, that physical ailment, that thorn in the flesh. So many of them believe that it was a problem with his eyes due to passages like uh, Galatians uh, 4, uh, 13 through 15. It simply says that again, you know that because of physical infirmity, I preached the gospel to you at the first in my trial, which was in my flesh. You did not despise or reject, but you received me as an angel of God, even as Christ Jesus. What then was the blessing you enjoyed? For I bear you witness that if possible, you would have plucked out your own eyes and given them to me. Some say that even, and again, it's all speculation. Remember the scales that were on Saul's, prideful Saul's eyes as he was going to Damascus to, again, to, to arrest the Christians. And, and God blinded him with, with the brightness of the light. And then Ananias came and prayed for him. The scales were lifted. Some say that perhaps that was left there by God as a reminder that Paul, you are totally dependent upon me, not on the greatness of your abilities, because Paul was a great guy. Paul was an educated, powerful, great speaker. There's a lot of things that were going for Paul, and that was just a weakness that I believe that God left in his flesh to help him to understand, man, I am so dependent upon God in every area. So does God heal all the time? No. Should that stop us from praying for healing? Of course not. We pray for healing. Does that negate the gifts of healing? Absolutely not. It's still as valid today as each and every other gift of the Spirit. Beloved, don't believe the lie that because some of these gifts are misused, that they're not valid. And as we go through them, we'll continue looking at them and hopefully rightly dividing the word of truth in order that you and I might better understand Again, I don't believe that any of the gifts are going away because you know what? We still need the furtherance of the gospel within our world. Third world countries as well as modern Western world, we still need the furtherance of the gospel. People still need to see the supernatural work of God. Not that the church is just a cool little club that we come, we sing some rah-rah songs, we have a little uh, guy that comes up and gives an encouraging message, and we all go out uh, saying how wonderful we are, how horrible somebody else is, or whatever, and we go out the door. But the move, the actual supernatural move of God in our lives. I believe that the gifts are still valid today. You know what? Because there's still a need for healing in people's lives. Physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Still there. We still need to be praying. We still need to be following what the scripture declares and tells us to do. And thirdly, I believe that the gifts of the spirit are still there because God is not finished yet. God is not finished he is still working his kingdom's work around us. Now, next week, we're going to keep looking at the gifts of the Holy Spirit, those are the, the few that are found in, in chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians. 
But until then, my encouragement to you as we look at these, walk in expectation that God will use you for his glory. Well, I don't know what my gift is. Don't worry about it. When you come to a situation, Lord, use me. I, I, I don't know what the need is here. I see a brother or a sister that's really down. Lord, use me here. Let me be an encourager. Give me a, a word of wisdom. Give me a word. Of, give me just a word of encouragement. Let me speak through me. I don't even need to put a name on it. And, and see, that's one of the other problems that we have is too many times we want to put a name on something. We want to title something so that I can run back and say, guess what? I used a word of wisdom today. Oh, good for you. Good for you. How about, man, I just got to share with a brother today and I, I hope my word encouraged him. I, I, I hope it blessed him. Man, a bunch of us prayed, you know, four or five of us prayed for this brother. And you know what? God's healing him. I don't know if it was my prayer or their prayer or our prayer, but God's doing a work, that God gets the glory. Because you see, once we tag it, we name it, we got it in our pocket, then suddenly it's us that's doing it. Rather than just, man, just use me as your vessel, Lord. So live your life. Walk with that expectation that, Lord, just use me. Just use me in life people that I work with, people in my family, people in my neighborhood, just use me. And secondly, walk in obedience. Walk in obedience in order that God can use you. In order that he can use you for his glory. If I'm walking in disobedience, I'm not a vessel that the Holy Spirit's flowing through. I'm walking in the flesh, you know what? It's just you and I. It's like a plumbing plug, plug, okay? I mean, you know, there's plugged up in the the plumbing there. It's it's not going through. It's not happening. There's no flow going there. And when you and I are walking in disobedience, we're not allowing the Holy Spirit to flow through us. It's like like putting putting a a squeeze on on, on that flow of of the living water. Man, we want to spray it. We want to glorify the the people around us, and yet we can't. Why? Because we've got ourselves too much in the way. We're plugging up the pipes. We're not allowing the flow of the Spirit to work. Walk in obedience. I was actually listening to myself today and uh, yeah, I preach to myself sometimes too, but uh, I'll listen sometimes to the radio. And I thought, that was really good. That must have been the Lord uh, on that one. But again, it's just speaking about the fact that, again, we too often become a roadblock to what God wants to do, not only in our own lives, but in the lives of other people. Because if the gifts of the Spirit are for the body, which they are, then if I'm not moving in the gift that God says that he's given me, whether I know what that gift is or not, then I'm not being effective within the body of Christ in the way that I should be. I may not know the name of that gift. I I may not know when and if he does, but I guarantee you, if I'm not walking in obedience and allowing the Holy Spirit to flow through me, I'm not being as effective for the kingdom of God is what he's called me to be. Walk in expectation, walk in obedience in order that God might use all of us for his glory. Amen. Open 
The book of 1 Corinthians is probably best known for its passage on love in chapter 13. You've probably heard these verses spoken at weddings, but these words on the character of love can also be applied to our relationship with God. God loved us so much that He gave His Son to stand in our place of judgment. Jesus came to this earth to live a perfect life and then took every sin of every human being upon Himself, dying so that we didn't have to. That incredible love is available to you right now. If you want to know more about Jesus and the life of forgiveness and love He has waiting for you, please call us at 520-836-9676. You can also send us an email by visiting our website at theopenword.com. As a next step, we encourage you to find a solid Bible-based church to help you grow in your walk with God. With a special invitation regarding that, here's Pastor David. Hey, I hope that today's message has encouraged you in your faith and given you a hunger to learn more about God. If you're in the Casa Grande area and are looking for a church to attend, I'd be honored to have you join us here at Calvary Chapel of Casa Grande. You can find directions and service times by visiting theopenword.com and following the links to our church homepage. We welcome you to be a part of our time of worshiping our Creator and studying the words of the Bible verse by verse, growing closer to Him each week. Thanks, Pastor David. We are so glad you joined us today here on The Open Word. Pastor David will return to share more from the book of 1 Corinthians right here on The Open Word.